1: We're going to go straight to the phones and to Andy Groveman, who is in Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, he's uh, living this nightmare that's going on there. Good afternoon and, I guess, early morning hours there, Andy. Yeah, hi, Earl. It's an uh,
2: eight-hour time difference. It's eleven uh, 11.07 p.m. here in Jerusalem.
1: What is happening right now? I know that the your Air Force has been bombing... Uh, Overnight, Gaza, almost continuously, but understand rockets are still coming into Israel.
2: Yes, just literally a couple of minutes ago, we had an alert that uh, more rockets from Gaza are uh, being fired at Israel. In fact, over the last four days, there's been over 4,500 rockets that have been fired from Gaza into the population centers of Israel. Wow. it's a true nightmare.
1: The you Were you there during the initial incursion and on the early morning hours of Saturday?
2: Uh, yes, our family uh, uh, is here in Israel. Uh, we came to visit for the holiday of Sukkot, and um, Saturday was the last day of Sukkot, and of course our Sabbath. And um, we all spent the entire... Day of Saturday, five times during the day, we had to go to our shelter, and uh, our bomb shelter, uh, as that day was a day that will never, never be forgotten. I mean, a a tragedy of a magnitude that is unprecedented uh, since the State of Israel has been formed.
1: Well, we keep hearing other reports, new reports out uh, about the town of where 200 were killed, over 40 babies were killed, some of them beheaded. I mean, it's the more news that comes out, the worse it seems to get about the atrocities that have been committed there.
2: Uh, Earl, you're exactly right. Uh, two of the there were 21 communities that the terrorists targeted,
0: uh,
2: along with. Uh, a festival of young people that just really wanted to get together and celebrate and uh, really celebrate peace. And uh, the, when the terrorists infiltrated into Israel, uh, this one community, Kaffar Aza, uh, there are 750 people who live on that kibbutz. 200 of them were slaughtered. Wow. And I use the word slaughter not lightly. Um, All of the victims uh, have been mercilessly slaughtered, and uh, that includes, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the beheading of babies, women, um, hostages. You know, there are now, I believe, 14 American hostages that were taken by the terrorist organization Hamas that are being held in Gaza.
1: The, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the president admitted, um, uh, address the nation and the world earlier this afternoon here in the United States. And he said that they didn't have a count a specific count on the people that were being held captive. They do know now the death toll of Americans has risen to 14. Uh, and that has been confirmed. Uh, there are people that are missing. And so they don't know if they're just missing or whether they are in fact, uh captives. Uh, it was interesting, and I'd like your take on this, that the president did not mention Iran at all in his speech. Uh, does that strike you as um, uh, incomplete?
2: Look, I think that the president's speech, which I had an opportunity to hear in real time uh, from Jerusalem was extremely strong. And, uh, Was very, very supportive unequivocally uh, for the state of Israel. As your listenership knows, that the bond between the United States, irrespective of whether or not you're a Republican or Democrat or independent, has been rock solid. And I know that, uh, at least from our point of view, this is a time of unity. And I think that the president's remarks were spot on. And um, and America is is really standing shoulder to shoulder uh, with the U.S. Right now, uh, the mission here is to head the the snake, if you will, and uh, and really defeat a terrorist organization, much like ISIS and Al Qaeda was to the United States, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that long ago that all of us remember that the United States, when 3,000 of our people were mercilessly slaughtered in that terrorist attack in New York, uh, if if you can think about it, in Israel, uh, with the death toll now rising above 1,000, it would be analogous to the United States losing close to 50,000 people on 9-11. So Israel's going to serve uh, the terrorist organization, Hamas, what they deserve, and that's justice. Justice will prevail.
1: Well, he was very strong in his remarks. I just, uh, and they are still looking. They do know that Iran has have been in constant contact with um, the the uh, folks in Gaza and and although they've been very quiet here lately and that's part of the what's coming out now is that the, the, they, the way they were to able to pull off this incursion was they know that as you mentioned earlier when rockets start coming in everybody goes to their bunkers, so there's really nobody outside and they use that uh to come across the borders and about air land and sea and that's how they got in uh but, and the fact that they had there has not been any real problems in that area for quite some time. Uh, is that your understanding as well?
2: Yeah, look, there's no question that this was a premeditated, well-planned, and unfortunately a well-executed terrorist attack. And, and I think you're right. There's no question that Iran uh, has played an instrumental part of it and uh, is the greatest threat quite frankly, not only to Israel, but to the United States and the rest of the world. And, um, uh, and I think everybody now recognizes that, and I think they have recognized it, but uh, I think that the message, uh, unfortunately, at the expense of over a thousand lives in Israel, uh, has been very clear. Iran has been and continues to be a clear and present danger for world peace. Uh, and, and at some point they have to be dealt with.
1: At a follow-up news conference from the white house this afternoon, it was brought up about the $6 billion that's being held in cutter and supposedly not a dime of that money has been spent and, but everybody's calling for it to be frozen again. Uh, what is your thought on that?
2: Look, uh, I personally am not a big fan that uh, that the administration um, was willing to give back uh, this $6 billion. I think it's a mistake. Uh, I'm bl- I'm thankful that none of the money has been dispersed. And so there's, at least in my mind's eye, there's no way that the United States uh, is going to uh, allow that money to get into the hands of Iran, given the circumstances that we're all facing here. Really? I just don't see
1: it. Yeah, I don't happening. either. And I pray that that is what happens. Uh, Israel has texted civilians in Gaza, warning them to flee South to Egypt, um, as it prepares for an all out ground assault, uh, to crush Hamas. And, uh, so they've told him to get out and then they started, uh, really shelling, um, and we've been told to expect pictures coming out of, uh, of the, uh, Gaza area showing wounded civilians. But, uh, you know, as I pointed out yesterday in my show, uh, in World War II, they bombed every city in Europe and they told the civilians to get out because the Americans and the Brits were coming and there would be carpet bombing and it's a war and if you stay, you're going to die is basically what uh, Israel's saying to the people in Gaza now.
2: Yeah, and look, uh, uh, we all know this, Uh, war is not a pretty thing, Um, but I would say this to your listeners out there, this is going to be a protracted war. Uh, The consensus is that Israel is going to go in uh, with ground troops, Um, but the responsibility is solely on Hamas. Absolutely. Any lives that are lost within Gaza is not a result of Israeli going in. It is squarely on the shoulders of Hamas. They're not only responsible for the lives lost in Israel, they are the ones that are responsible for the lives that will be lost in Gaza. They do not care about the people. No. They only care about eliminating the state of Israel and the Jewish
1: people. Exactly right. We're talking with Andy Groveman, who's from Memphis. He and his family are in Jerusalem. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and find out what it's like there, just since this all began for day-to-day life in between attacks. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back on a Tuesday afternoon in Memphis. We're on the phone with Andy Groveman, who is from Memphis. He and his family are in Jerusalem. Uh, They went for the holiday, and uh, it turned into quite something else. uh, uh, And the whole world has been watching, as as you well know, Andy. What is it like for you and your family uh, just to be surviving right now in Jerusalem?
2: Well, look, uh, Earl, this is a, a very personal thing. I think uh, to really try to answer that question, let me give you a little context here. There have been 360,000 reservists that have been called up uh, to the IDF, and so in Israel they refer to it as the home front. Um, everybody everybody is singularly focused on the mission here, and that mission is multi-tiered and complex. Uh, You know, the Israeli civilians are doing everything they can to help. There have been overwhelming blood donation sites, as you can well imagine, with all of the injured. I think there's something like 3,600 injured in addition to the 1,000 lives lost. And for somebody like, uh, you know, our family, uh, it's a bit frustrating, but at the same time, uh, for us, we have to stay close to a shelter in Jerusalem, which may in fact be one of the safest places to be. Uh, we still have to make it to our safe room in one minute and 20 seconds. By comparison, if you're living in Stelote, you have 16 seconds to get to a bomb shelter. So, you know, there's security today, uh, as an example. There were three barrages of rockets fired from uh, Gaza towards Tel Aviv, central Tel Aviv. And so people have to, you know, be be cognizant and, and be safe. And so you have that going on. And, um, so we're not we're not doing much of anything. The streets in Israel are, you know, empty, uh, much, much, much fewer uh, cars on the road. Um, and uh, everybody's focused on winning this war. And so uh, and whatever that takes, there's an enormous amount of empathy. Uh, quite frankly there are lots of funerals going on every day now and uh, there isn't a person uh, that has not been affected deeply and personally by either an injured person or a, a deceased uh, uh, person I mean it's just it's just a, a really a living nightmare here it's just so sad so
1: sad well and you You keep trying to find hope, and we all do as well. We're looking for anything that's encouraging. Uh, um, I do think that the words for the president today was very emphatic about how much we stand with you, and we certainly do. And you know that from your own experience here in Memphis and then going there. Is there anything that people in in this, the Mid-South Memphis, can do to help?
2: Yeah, there is. I mean, uh, first and foremost, uh, as we all know, prayers are a very powerful tool, so I encourage everybody to pray for the state of Israel and its people, and I, I think that uh, Israel and its citizens are going to serve justice. Justice will be served to those, every one of them, that perpetrated this heinous, absolute act of terrorism Against innocent just civilians, and so uh there is hope because Israel will win, and um I would suggest that uh you know there are plenty of unmet needs going on in Israel uh you don't think about it, but soldiers deployed so quickly they're out in the fields uh for God knows how long and just simple things like clothing and uh, pharmaceuticals and stuff. There's a there's a huge huge wave of people that are raising money and giving it to uh, uh, Israel and first responders and you know there's an organization called Mug and David Adam who is uh, supplies 95 percent of the blood to all of the hospitals uh, in in the state of Israel. Uh, there's the Jewish Agency for Israel, who operates low-income housing, primarily uh, people from uh, that are survivors from the Holocaust. All of these—I mean, just the entire society has just uh, really, really been affected. And uh, Israel's going to come back from it, and um, uh, and. You know, the terrorists
1: are going to get what's coming to them. I I was listening to an interview earlier today. In fact, it was the president who mentioned when he was there as a young senator and and met with Goldie Meyer, and she told him, uh, our secret is uh, we have no place else to go. That's why we will always fight and uh, we will always win, which I thought was remarkable and, and certainly true. You don't lose
2: yeah it is remarkable and and you know uh, throughout history uh jews have been persecuted by different people and uh and you know god's people will prevail as we all prevail this is not just a jewish israel issue terrorism affects each and every yeah. one of us and we all need to rise up and support because it is going to get tough, it's going to get tough, and the images that people are going to see uh, and the, uh, the media are going to, at some point, say, you know, disproportionate uh, response. There is no disproportionate response. Just think back not long ago what the United States' response was when 3,000 of our people lost their lives. There was nothing that we would not do. Absolutely. And the war went on for a very long time, a very long time. This well, one will go on for a while until it's done.
1: We're talking with Andy Groban. Uh, Andy, we've got to take a break here, but I want to come back and then talk about uh, just flying in and out of Israel right now. Most of the major airlines have stopped flying in and out what that's like and what about your supply chain there Uh, if you can hang with us we'll come back for one more segment and stay with us
0: Back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And
1: Thank you very much and uh, welcome back. We're on the phone with Andy Groveman, who's from Memphis. He and his family are in Jerusalem. They've been there since this terrible, horrible incursion uh, started taking place last Friday night, really. And um, they are hunkered down in their uh, apartment there in Jerusalem. I was thinking during the break, uh, Andy, you're listening to the commercials running. You know, life goes on back here in the United States and how different things are right now for you in Jerusalem there. But, uh, I mean, is it going shopping? Do you just run out and grab something real quick from the quarter market and then back in again? How does that work?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um look, while I'm in Jerusalem, uh quite frankly, uh one feels uh safer here than you do in Memphis, unfortunately.
1: And I understand what uh, you're saying there.
2: And uh and yet and I walk everywhere here uh, uh without a second thought. Uh of course during these times uh there's a small little grocery that's about a seven or eight minute walk from our apartment and what we do i just go by myself because i want my wife and uh you know to stay closer to the uh to the bomb shelter in case of a uh a siren and an alert and so literally yesterday uh there were two alerts uh uh sirens that went off uh, one of the times I actually was at the grocery and ended up having to go to the back of the store and um and just wait until it was over and um you're not you're not going around the city you're staying close to home and um and trying to be as safe as you can and it's frustrating because you want to do more sure. And, uh, of, of course, uh, I'm trying to reach out to as many people as I know here just to let them know that they're in our thoughts and prayers and, uh, and you know, we're, we're, we're here for you. And so that's sort of how the days go, uh, other than watching, you know, the news and, uh, and watching social media to get updates.
1: The uh, but as far as the food supplies of the, the supply chain, are you able to get what you need?
2: Yeah, I mean we're we're okay. They, you know, there was a. Uh, uh, we've gotten our uh, bomb shelter here equipped with uh, plenty of water in it. You know, the uh, home front command suggests that you have at least three days worth of supplies. So we have some vegetables and. Uh, uh, some food and some water and just basic stuff that you keep in the bomb shelter uh, because you don't know, one, how long you're going to be in there and what's the sustained period of time. And, um, you know, so far, at least in the grocery stores, they seem to uh, still have, uh, you know, still have supplies. I, I went to the... Uh, hardware store, which is next to the little grocery store today to get some flashlights that we needed to and some batteries again to supply the bomb shelter in case we lose electricity at any point. So, you know, you're mindful of, um, just staying prepared and alert. That's, that's what goes on day to day.
1: Well, you mentioned electricity. I've I've noticed that, that, uh, uh, Everything they're shooting in Israel in Jerusalem, the lights are still on here. The night before last, they went off all downtown Memphis, and it wasn't even a thunderstorm. So <laughs> crazy. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I we, we got some work to do back home on that. And, That's
1: for it, sure. And speaking of that, uh, do you feel like you're just an absolute and total world away with what's going on there and, and to know that life goes on back here in the States just like it has? Uh, you did mention, though, you feel safer at times there, and I can certainly understand that. Also, th- I was really shocked to learn that the Israeli citizens are not allowed to, to be armed, just the army and police. Yeah, that's true,
2: and that's the reason for that is that, that it is safe in this country. And, uh, you know, people, people have a healthy respect for, uh, guns and, uh, and protection. You know, it's, it's a, it's just a totally different vibe here. It's a totally different relationship between and among the people uh, that make up this society. And, um, and so it it is it is a different culture. It's a uh, it's a safer environment, and it doesn't really. Up until this catastrophic event, I've been down to Still road. I've been on the border of Gaza in two thousand as early you know as uh, two thousand twenty one. I was down there. Two thousand and fourteen. I was down there, and um, and even down there, you used to feel safe, but. What's happened now as a result of this terrorism, uh, it's it's really shattered that confidence and that sense of safety and security, and it'll take some time to regain that, uh, but, but the Jewish people and Israel have been through the fire and come out the other side many, many times and, uh, and, and so we know the pain of it. We know the hard work it takes to be able to uh, come through life's challenges and, uh, and people just come together and, uh, you know, we need a little of that in Memphis and truthfully, we needed a little of that around the United States and around the world.
1: I agree. I was had Bill Pollock on yesterday and, uh, we, he was telling me he'd been to Israel several times and. He said that despite the image of Israel being this military state, that's probably one of the best military in the world and state of the art, uh, everything, uh, that the people themselves, the citizenry are kind of hippie like, you know, they, they love to eat cheese, drink wine, uh, enjoy the sunshine. And, uh, the last thing they want to have to deal with is uh, crime and, uh, wars and all the rest of it. But, once something happens they got to rise up and that's what they do and so that's exactly what you're yeah, saying
2: I mean you know you know in Israel uh, and again this is far different uh, most of the population serves in this in the arm in the Israel's defense forces you know when they when they get out of high school mm-hmm. so these are young kids that are defending for the most part this country and so, you know, you're bringing up a good point. I think when you serve for your country and you understand the risks, you also understand what's important in life. And when you're living in that environment, you don't sweat the small stuff and you really focus in on what's important. And of course, we all know what's important is our faith, our family, and um, and just Getting along, yeah. and and there are political differences here, yes, but let me tell you, when it comes in a time of need, this country and its people, they come together, they rise up, and they do what needs to be done. Uh,
1: as far as you being able to get out, I mean, have you given any thought to try? I know right now there's very few airlines. L-L-L-L, I think is the only one still flying and they're trying to move as many of, of your military from around the world back home again. Uh,
2: yeah. Are you yeah.
1: concerned about that? I know that, uh, you know, right now everybody's just hunkered down and with the uh, ground and air, uh Rockets, uh, you know, in fact, I understand that your commercial airliners have those flares that are coming out the back uh, to uh, ward off the service-to-air missiles. So it's a a
0: whole different... Well,
2: look, as of now, as of today at least, uh, I believe that uh, all of the American airlines have canceled their flights at least through the month of October. Um, LL, which is the national Israeli airline is still flying. Uh, there are, you know, a handful of other airlines that are, that are still flying. Um, and look, uh, nobody's going to be a cowboy and take chances. (laughs) Uh, and so, uh, they have a good handle on, on when to fly and when not to fly. And so, uh, Israel does a good job of, of protecting its strategic assets, and of course, the airport is a strategic asset. I would imagine.
1: Absolutely. Well.
2: And as far as our plans, we uh, we're going to stay here. I think uh, uh, I have you know some meetings uh, had some meetings. I think they've been canceled towards the latter part of the month, but I think we're going to stay here till it gets a little bit more stabilized, and. Um, and do what we can to to lend a hand and support well, you our brothers and sisters here.
1: Well, you have our prayers. Uh, everybody in Memphis is certainly in the eyes of the world are on Israel, and uh, our prayers go out to you, your family, and Israel, and we do stand with you.
2: Thank you all, and you and your family should be blessed as all of your listeners. Uh, I, I wish you and pray for you and your continued blessings.
1: We'll talk again soon, and we'll check up on you, okay?
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Andy Groveman. God bless him. We're going to take a break. We'll be back.